We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Coachable Podcast. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, and this is your place to get spiritual and business development in one place. We're all about being students of life and learning how to do things better here. And so I'm super excited to have Aaron Baia here with me, a Canadian entrepreneur, speaker, and coach. Since starting his life over in Bali in 2016, he's launched seven businesses in seven years and raised tens of thousands of dollars every year for underprivileged and mentally disabled Balinese children. He's the founder of Karma House Bali, Conscious Arts Tattoos, full reset coaching and founding partner in Yogi Lab, Lighthouse Bali, and Lotus House Vancouver. From growing up in a rough area in Vancouver to spiritual development in Asia, Aaron's seen his world shift from the life on the edge in organized crime to meditation and yoga in the Himalayas, where he learned to live a life of generosity, connection, and compassion. Random facts about him include he's a black belt kickboxer, 500-hour yoga teacher, certified life coach, and has over 400 hours of tattoos on him. He's known as Ink, Pray, Love online, and he prides himself on being way weirder and kinder than he looks. He is an incredible guest, and this is such a good conversation filled with so much transparency, vulnerability, honesty, real tangible things that you can go apply to your business and your personal life. You don't want to miss this one. So stick around. Let's jump into it. This is the Coachable Podcast. Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. Around here, we believe that life is the ultimate training ground for finding out what you are truly made of. I'm your host, Tori Gordon, high performance coach and breathwork facilitator. And each week, I share intimate conversations and inspirational stories from some of the world's most successful people. It's time to stop standing on the sidelines of your life and get your head and your heart back in the game. So take a seat, grab a pen, because you're going to want to take notes as I pull back the curtain on the tools, resources, and inspiration that you need to unlock your inner champion. What's up, Aaron? Welcome to the Coachable Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm super excited to be here. Being coachable is my jam. Coaching is my jam. Helping people is my jam. People helping me, I'm receptive and love to give. Let's do it. Yeah, no, you have been. I I just randomly shot you a message on Instagram. You don't know me, but I was like really, really enjoying your content. And I was like, this guy seems super interesting. He's got such a cool vibe, such a cool look. There's probably so much more than meets the eye and like is underneath the surface. And I like to go deep with people. I like to get to know people. I want to know what makes you tick. I want to know what inspires you. I want to know what triggers you. I like, you could be doing anything else in the world right now and you're here with me and I am so grateful for your time and that you're choosing to spend your most valuable resource for the next hour with me. I appreciate it. I honor it. You are known online as Mr. Ink, Pray, Love. That's such a cool, super dope name. Like, where did that come from? Obviously you're tatted all over. Like you're, you run tattoo businesses. You've had over 400 hours of, of work done on yourself. Like this is an art form. Like, how did you get into to tattoos? And like, how has that become such a like part of your brand now and who you are? <laughs> it's a funny, weird story. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts off in a strange place in an iboga ceremony. Mm. Uh, it's a plant medicine from the Gabon region of Africa. It is the 
stern father of ayahuasca ayahuasca with the grandmother this would be like the clint eastwood of, of, of it would be like get off my lawn of plant <laughs> medicines got it is so intense i was a drug addicted drug dealer Wow. In from 1819 till 25, 26, around that age, I did Iboga for the first time at 25, where it was just like, I'm spiritually poor. I want more out of my life. I'm sad. I'm not doing anything that's helping the world. I want to be a good boy. There's only enough Gucci belts that, that, that don't make you happy anymore. It's just, yeah. Shit just doesn't matter. So I was seeing a counselor and he's like, you should try Iboga. It'll help you with addiction. It'll help you just get, crave more of what you want in your life. And I was like, Okay, so I went to a townhouse complex, and these couple of guys, actually Trevor Miller is a pretty pretty big uh, name in the plant medicine and addiction recovery community. The guy's mm. awesome. Shout out to Trevor. I did it with him. He cleaned up my puke. Thanks, Trevor. Because oh. it it's intense. It's such sure. an intense process. It's like you're being stuck in a washing machine, and they're gonna that washing machine is going to rinse out all of your... <laughs> all your shit. Internal all your shit. Yeah, oh, all the- man deep demons and yeah yeah yeah. and it was hard and I remember going through that situation at the end of it it was a week long of flood doses so these aren't like shanti shanti doses these are ego death Mm -hmm. uh hard 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 but uh at the end of it he's like okay like in mid mid actually he's like you could watch a movie if you want on Netflix. Like watch something happy though. You got to watch something that it can't be violent, can't be toxic, anything like that. Cause it'll come up in your next ceremony. Mm-hmm. So please like make sure it's something that's positive. Okay. So I watched a bunch of positive stuff on Netflix and I got to the last thing that was on there was eat, pray, love. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I guess so, you know, and I'm like a drug dealer at the time. So I'm like, chick flick, like whatever, but also, all right. So I watch it and it was like such an amazing movie. I'm like, I actually really love this movie. I'm sitting there shivering in a towel watching Julia Roberts in Ubud, the market scene with the Shanti Shanti incense. And I'm just like, I like this, like something about this I need in my life. Like Mm. I want to go there. I need to go there. Something pulled me. It's so funny how a small little like glimpse into another life, another style of living can pull you. And that's, it pulled me and two days later I ended up by myself in Ubud, Bali, the land of green juice and yoga and hippies uh, alone, drug dealer, diamond earrings, Louis Vuitton t-shirt, man purse. And I rock up to yoga barn, like the hippie capital. And I was just like, yo, I want to come do yoga. And it was a big life-changing experience for me because I got sucked in. I was like, I could be someone different here. I don't have to be the same guy that I grew up in my neighborhood molded me to or that I aspired to be like the other dudes that I grew up with. I want to be actually someone compassionate and kind. And, you know, uh, it was a really difficult transition because I was at a yoga teacher training and I'm buying everybody green juice and I'm buying everybody like rounds of green juice. And it doesn't, it's not cool. It's not like the bottle at the club. Isn't there's, it's not the same thing. And right. so it's cheesy. I was, I was fucking cheesy and I had to go through that. And when I realized I wanted to move there, I went back. It was the hardest six of my hardest six months of my life to get out of the dope game, sell everything, give up everything, and just move for good to Bali. It, it, it was hard. It was it was a very challenging process egoically because I wasn't like the hotshot big deal kind of guy that I thought I was anymore. Now I was, you know, some guy in a in a place full of people with weird crazy stories. And I made good connections and contacts with a like a local tattoo family, like Balinese people. They took me in. I went to their village. I went to their ceremonies. We vibed. And I started learning Indonesian. And I just like really assimilated into this culture that I deeply love. And they, they showed up for me. I didn't have anybody. And I rocked up and made a family and made connections and enjoyed that. Those were transferable skills from the drug game that you just make connections. And this was cool for me. And so I was opening my first tattoo tattoo shop. Uh, I got a bunch of them. They just wanted to work for me. They're like, whatever you're doing, we want to come. And I'm like, sweet. Cause like, I don't have anybody here. So let's do something together. <laughs> and I, I, I was like, okay, I want to change my Instagram. I want to do something like, it was like, it was something cheesy before that. I don't know. I think I was like spiritual gangster or something. And I was like, okay, that's enough of that. Mm-hmm. Let's do something else. And one of the artists that was painting my new shop was like, Oh, you watched eat, pray, love. Like you love that movie. Why don't you be like, Eat, uh, ink pray eat or something and I was like wait what I was like or, or something like that and I'm like ink pray love we're all like yeah that's the one that's it that's it so this was mm-hmm. 2016 
uh, it came through and that kind of birthed that brand nickname and it just kind of stuck because it made sense with my new lifestyle where it was like tattoos were a big part of my life beforehand but for egoic reasons you know they were to be showy to be cool to be tough Mm -hmm. and then it was like now a spiritual art form that showcased what I loved like my 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 deep belief systems and mythology and, and art and I I vibed with that and then prayer became a big part of my life because I really went deeper into my practice of spirituality and love was something I, you know, was foreign for me and self-love and truly loving each other and truly being able to express love and kindness and softness because I grew up being hard (laughs) while I was soft as a teenager. Then I got hard. So no one picked on me anymore. And then I deconditioned and got soft again. So ink, pray, love kind of worked. Oh, I love this so much. I love it because it, it, when you just get this like download and it's like, oh, this feels like the identity because I've had this identity of who I've been before, you know, the, the hard exterior, the tough guy, the like show, like I'm going to show you who I am and I'm going to show off in all of these ways to try and feel like I'm enough and try to feel like I've got something going on. And then have this radical shift in, in your identity to something completely new and foreign to you in a new country. I mean, I have done similar things myself when it felt like I was at a crossroads and I was like, I can go left or I can go right. And left is going to keep me on a path that I've been walking down for years and I know where that's headed and I don't like where that's headed. And this other direction is going to require me to walk alone for a little while. It's going to require me to walk in a different direction far from everything I know, everyone I know. And that is terrifying because you're walking into the complete unknown and away from all your comforts and all what's familiar and things that have propped up this identity and this ego that you've had for so long. And you're saying, I'm willing to start over and figure out who I am, a different aspect of myself, get to know myself again. And a lot of times I say to people, I was like, you have to be willing to walk alone for a little while and walk away from the things that don't serve you. And eventually you will bump into people that are on the same road. (laughs) You you will find people, like you will walk into them, but you have to be, there's no certainty that when that's going to happen, you just have to be willing to like take those steps. So I just really, really resonate because I've, I've been in your position where you're saying I'm going to completely like start from scratch. And that takes so much courage. So I just want to honor and recognize that. And <laughs> I can only imagine that this was a, a, a process for you like of unlearning, deconditioning, what was that process like over because you spent how many years in bali seven is that right seven yeah yeah oh that was a hard process Mm -hmm. it was very like challenging on the ego because like at the start of the process it was oh i'm not a hot shot you know baller guy anymore i'm now whatever some guy and okay who is that some guy now and i like reoriented myself towards like compassion and love and practice and yoga and meditation and you know let's do this thing and that process was cool but there was still so many sticky undercurrents of conditioning of status and like sexuality and how to be healthy in that and then oh okay we're in a sexually liberated like conscious community where like there's just sexy people everywhere like oh, okay, Mm -hmm. let's do this for a while. Be the Bali businessman playboy. And then that was like, oh, wait, this is just the same thing I was doing. Everyone just has different costumes on. It's not Louis Vuitton and, you know, Prada and all this. Now it's like feathers and happy. And and like, it's just a different, it's just like mildly different, uh, but the same pretentiousness. And I saw myself, I had all the mala beads. I had all the, I had the parachute pants. I grew a beard. Uh, Play the role. I did that role. I really did. And then I was like, okay, wait, I came back into a center of, well, I still like business. I still want to hustle in the, in a good way, but also I want to be this guy who's tapped into my 
higher self and my my mission is altruistic and it's mm-hmm. not just me but also i like nice shit so sure. i want to do i want to do cool shit with people i love i want to do that so it was like well how do i do both mm-hmm. and that had been a an interesting process and i was i was doing i think fairly well at it until covid hit and that was really hard on the ego because all my businesses became liabilities instead of assets mm-hmm. they're draining my bank account and you know i bunch of leases to pay and we're not making any money we closed down it was crazy and it was like oh wow okay who am I now and I saw myself cope with that with like let's get a Ducati let's you know uh, date around let's just like have fun while there's nothing really happening and that that wasn't the path and then I started coaching and that was really powerful for me I was like okay great I can help people with the knowledge that I've built in these years of personal development and building businesses and just living this life. Okay. I can provide value again, starting to do that, but it still was in this, like, not like in its infancy, it was new for me. And then I got hit by a truck (laughs) and I broke both my legs, my pelvis, my elbow, my Achilles, my ruptured my bladder. It was a very close death call. You know, it was knocking at my door. I almost bled to death on a highway by myself. And Luckily, I learned Indonesian and I got myself help. I was awake the entire time and the bones sticking out of my body, you know, I'm mangled. Mm-hmm. And it was a serious come to God moment because when they peeled me off the pavement, that's excruciating, put me into an ambulance. And I just remember looking at the ambulance ceiling and being like, okay, got it. Uh, I accept. I accept this. Uh, I am humbled. Uh, let's let's please don't let me be uh, paralyzed. I promise I'll be a good guy again. I, I'll just do. I'll just. I promise. I just didn't know what to promise, but I promise. Like please, I'm pleading. Also, is there morphine in this ambulance? They're like, no. I'm like, God damn, damn it. <laughs> There's bones sticking out my leg. This is rough. That process remade me. Honestly, I think any trauma that we go through is so much potential for us to gain from that Mm -hmm. and how we use that is so important and so like my squad I got big tribe out there they were like this will be the best thing that ever happened to you but I'm like I can't move like I can't even go to the bathroom alone like fuck off with that like I like what do you mean this will be the best thing that ever happened to you I'm like my pelvis is broken like this sucks easy for you to say yeah 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 people always say that to you but when you're in the eye or the storm you're in fight or flight you're just like yeah, sure. But right now that's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you get your head above water, and I feel like anybody that's going through a tough time, like get, just get your head above water when it's that bad and, and act in a way that you'd be proud of once you got yourself out of it. And that's what I kept telling myself. Just be proud of yourself. Like do it, do what you would be proud of. Right. Not anybody else's expectations. Like just do some days you might just need to watch Netflix all day. Cause you're, you're all banged up and other days. Yeah. Do a meditation retreat in your house. Like, yeah, yeah. you can push and you can, and you can chill. And that process of persevering through such a difficult time made me into a stronger, sharper, deeper human. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm grateful at this point that it happened. Uh, I'm still healing from it. I just had surgery a couple of weeks ago on my elbow, taking out metal plates. Now I still got a few more to go, but like, I wouldn't, in the sense, I'm like, I'd do it again, but like, I don't want to do it again. <laughs> like, that sucks. Do I have to? <laughs> yeah, I don't like, I'm glad just once. I don't want the next lesson above that. Sure. But but I think it did prepare me for another stage in my life to serve deeper and love deeper and and love myself. So that like ink pray love, the love part really came through because I feel like I finally loved myself deeper than ever. And yeah. you show yourself what you're made out of by getting yeah, through your trauma, getting through your shit. And yeah. that, that makes you who you are. It really does. And you've been through a lot. I mean not just recovering from a near-death experience, but also recovering from addiction. I mean, we all Absolutely. are addicted in, in our own ways, right? Whether it's Something. drugs, alcohol, yeah. shopping, food, porn, Instagram. our own idea of ourself, you know, in the world. Like, we all have those things. And to deconstruct and detach from those in order to live a healthier, more vibrant life – to recover and repair after like a really, really traumatic, you know, injury. I imagine, I don't know about for you, but I know in my like hardest moments, there've been some really dark moments, right? Of like, am I going to get through this? Is the effort, is the work I'm putting in, does it even matter? Am I making real progress? You know, it's like there's, there's moments where you're like, 
oh, I know this is like, this is the new path for me. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to make myself, I'm going to like heal. I'm, I'm really going to transform my life. I'm not ever going back. But then you have these moments of glimpses into your past and, or moments of weakness where you just think it's just too easy to go back to the old way. Or it's, it's easy that that voice in your head that's saying, just give up. Like it doesn't even matter. Right. Or no one's really noticed. I know for me, it's like that voice is like, no one takes you seriously. Or, you know, are you really making as big of an impact as you think you are? How did you, did you have those moments, you know, whether it was from recovering from your addiction and, and kind of recreating this whole new life for yourself or recovering from your injuries where you were kind of, you know, losing hope or were you always kind of steadfast in, in your recovery process? Definitely not steadfast. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I had so many setbacks mm -hmm. that were heartbreaking. It was like, could this get any worse? And then yeah. finally I could start a little bit walking again and the metal plate in my leg snapped and I rebroke my leg and I had to start on New Year's day and I just do it again. Okay. Eight more months of recovery. And that was like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. And then I had a surgery booked and this pesky wound in my leg wouldn't close where the metal plate ends. And it was just squirting out green stuff. Very pretty. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, you know, the doctor's like, yeah, wait about five or six more months. And I'm just like, yo, that's heartbreaking when you're in a wheelchair to hear that. Like you flip out. I, I, I luckily I learned practices of like breath, sound and movement and, right. and meditation and just like, okay, release this. Cause I like, I properly, I freaked out and released it and then took a nap and then felt, then woke up and was like, what's next? Let's go mm -hmm. and just get through it. And so there definitely was times where I was it's so challenging, but building a practice of your own personal resilience is, is the way that's cool. Everybody's looks different, but mm -hmm. that felt good for me to, to build a practice of like how you get to get through it. And I started self-talk more than ever in a positive way of like it's okay buddy what do you need right now like talking to the little boy in me mm -hmm. and like what do you need right now how, how, what do you want to do what's what's the best thing you can do right now for yourself and I start like coaching myself and that's what I started doing I start journaling in the mornings and like coaching myself in those three pages I would write morning pages and it would be like okay like what can you do to, to serve you what are you going through how would you how would you mastermind this for you and I realized like we do have a lot of our own answers. It's just, are we going to listen to them? Are we going to do the work to quiet down and actually listen to ourselves? Because we usually know the answer. Mm -hmm. It's just if we're going to listen to it or not, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so funny that for so many of us, we run from that stillness and from that voice because we've been so conditioned to look outside of ourselves for the answer. And so it's almost like, like you were talking about a practice. We have to relearn that how to trust ourselves, that we actually have the wisdom and typically. So a lot of times in my own coaching practice, if I'll ask a client something and, and their answer is no, or I, or I don't know, like if I'll say like, what do you think you need right now? And like, I don't know. One thing I'll, I'll mirror back to them and reflect is if you, if you did know, what do you think it would be? <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. That's great. If yeah. you did know, what Absolutely. do you think it would be? Because I think so often we just, it's easy just to say, I don't know, as almost a form of, of like resisting our own intelligence for some reason. And it's almost like we have to go back and ask, like go a little level deeper and say like, no, really, like if you were really think about it, what would that be for you? And, and Emily Fletcher, I don't know if you know who she is. She runs something called Ziva Meditation. She's been on the show before. She's incredible. And she often in her meditations will um, invite people to ask themselves, what would I really love right now? What would I love right now that would like light a spark in me that would be like the thing, whether it's comfort, whether it's a release of some kind, whether it's just, I need a hug, I need a friend, I need a bath, I need a glass of water, like just getting in that routine of kind of inquiring within yourself and asking yourself those questions. Cause I don't think it's natural for most of us. We tend to go to someone else and what do you think? What do you think I should yeah. do? How do you think totally. I should handle this? Right. Totally. Totally. It's funny. Cause I'm going through something like that, like right now. And mm -hmm. I bet you a bunch of people are, but it's quite personal, but I'm happy to share it just cause I feel like 
it's pretty on point for everyone but coming from living in bali for the last seven years or like you know moving away and then you go back to where your family is or you go back to like kind of the matrix like like stop signs and traffic signals and taxes and you know like stuff like permits and regulations and just like city things yeah and i've just been like a little bit like oh the monotony of this like it's it's it gets a bit mundane and and boring and then there's a part of me that's rebellious Mm -hmm. and just wants rebellion and that looked like back in the day like crazy drug dealer life living life like a rap music video extremely high sense sensory input drugs sex rock and roll or hip-hop you know just like raw and then i'm like well i'm a conscious man now i don't do these things i'm you know I'm, i'm i'm a good boy now and then there's this part of me that's like but you're not mm-hmm. like you're also a bad boy, Aaron, where are you going to be bad now? And there's this rebellion side coming out to me. And I had to like really check that because the last few days it's been like coming up in me and I'm like, why, why do you want to be bad? Like where, what is it that you need right now? What mm-hmm. freedom is being infringed upon in your ego? Which part of you needs to have some sort of freedom to quell that because you're a man of integrity now act it and that's your path that's who you want to be but there you can't stuff you know down the dark deep parts of you that just like crave rebellion that crave just the taboo Mm -hmm. uh, or just to be naughty and like okay that's a thing for me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i'm sure a lot of people like have their thing where they're just like you know maybe they can't be so straight laced all the time or they fall off practice and they're just like cookies or like, you know, they're just like, whatever, right? Food is a big one for me. And the healing journey, I'm like, I want to be a healing machine. And, but also I love cookies. Mm -hmm. I love eggnog as we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's Christmas time. So it was like, how do we deal with that? Like, how do we, how do we, how do we meet our shadows and demons and welcome them in and then use that? or the positive and that's been something i'm like okay i've practiced this but now i have to practice this (laughs) (laughs) well you're kind of out of your bubble right where everyone is practicing it around you right when you when you kind of leave that that container that environment where it seems to be that's the lifestyle that's the norm everyone has a certain language and a certain paradigm that they're living in and then you kind of i think we we're most transformed when we get out of our environments and we start to see the contrast that exists. So it's like when you got, got to Bali for the first time, there was so much contrast and you were, you immediately saw this opportunity to be a reformed new version of yourself. And then coming home to where you were, you know, like this old identity too. It's like, how am I going to show up as my new self in this old environment that sort of continues to remind me who I was? Right. Or who I've been. And I think for me, because of course, like yourself, I have so many moments where I'm negotiating with myself. I'm going to be the good girl version of me or am I going to be the one that wants to rebel and revolt and, and do what she wants to do? And there's also moments where I choose that path. And for me, I think coming home to center is what it's recognizing and humbling my humbling myself to know I'm not above like being tempted to do things that aren't in my best interest at, oh, or don't serve man. me. So I'm Tell not enlightened. I'm not, I don't have it all figured out. I don't want to pretend. I don't think that'll ever go away. Never. And no. I don't have to judge myself for that, like yeah. for being human. And I think it's my, oftentimes I see it in myself and I see it with my clients. It's our own self-judgment that is like the harshest. It's as opposed to thinking other, what are other people going to think if they knew this about me, if they knew I was struggling with this, or if they knew what I did last night, it's more about how we feel and the judgment that we are putting on ourselves. Absolutely. And in that judgment, I've now been learning to congratulate myself a bit deeper for doing the things that I feel like an honorable, like conscious, like just a solid dude. I just want to be that guy. Mm. And so I like do that guy things. And so those temptations are still everywhere. Mm. And I have to check myself because I was like, I've done enough practice. I'll come home and it'll be fine. And then you come home and you're like, okay, my family can be very annoying. 
okay, <laughs> like there's just temptation everywhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, like how do you walk the earth as a man that you'd be proud if your daughter married her? Mm-hmm. And that's something I, I, I try to like tell myself a lot. Like, sure. okay, would you want your daughter, future daughter, to marry a guy like you? And for the very longest time, it'd be like, hell no. Mm. And then finally, you know, just just a few years ago, it was like, yeah, he'd be a great dad. He'd be a great partner. Okay. And that that was a big shift was like perspective for myself and holding myself to my own standards. Right. But in like a congratulatory way and not like in a judgy, like you suck because you ate cookies. Right. You know, like, like no, like in a, in a way that it's like, all right, you ate cookies. What time getting up for the gym? Mm-hmm. You know, okay. Okay okay, you slacked the other day, how are you making it up to yourself? And that type of stuff and reorienting like, okay, the partying thing. I'm older now, I can't party like I used to by any means, I'll be hungover for days and days. days. (laughs) But I still have a few drinks here and there. But when I reoriented my just like my reward chain system, Mm -hmm. I really now appreciate showing up for myself more than the hedonism or like the just like just going out and and drinking late nights and just not just like i i respect my peace a bit more right and in the temptation stuff yeah we like hired some new staff one of the businesses one of the staff was like oh i actually was excited to work for you i found you super attractive i was like oh great like that's nice thank you right great thank you you know i appreciate that thanks i i I won't i won't make you wrong for that that's nice i i love validation too thank you Mm -hmm. but the old me would have been like, mm, and like really, sure. really fixate on that. How can that be a thing? And now I really appreciate being a man of integrity more that someone would respect rather than lust over. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's deeper. There's deeper qualities to be had than the initial sensory stuff. Right. And finding pleasure in the mundane and, and in honor and valor. I was like, okay, be that guy then. And then I had to coach myself. How do you be that guy? Okay, do do that do that guy things. Right. And I was like, that was a practice lately in Vancouver, coming back home after seven years of being away and right. coming back to where the trauma is or where the where the dysfunction and toxicity mm-hmm. and city life and the matrix. It's like all the triggers. Time, yeah. All, all the triggers. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. It's like one of those things for me, I th- I think one of my points of compass is do I like myself? Like, I know I love myself. Like, like there's a, I love myself, but do I like myself? Do I like mm-hmm. who I am when I look in the mirror? Do I like how I treat people? Do I like, like, how I show up? And it becomes pretty clear for me pretty quickly when I'm out of alignment. And when I continue to live in that way, dysfunct- like, things start to break down in my experience a little bit. It just starts to feel things start to feel a lot more forced, a lot more (laughs) challenging. I start to come up against a lot more resistance. And it's unfortunate that so many of us, myself included, get to these moments where it's like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I can't keep doing this, you know, to myself. How do I stay consistent for longer periods of time instead of like kind of riding this up and down like wave or a roller coaster? And it's like, do I really like myself? And one thing I had to learn was, that my brain plays fucking tricks on me, right? Like it says, you want to do this thing in the moment. Like, yes, you want to go have that next glass of wine or yes, like you want to go get in the Dunkin' Donuts line instead of like going to the gym like you'd prepared or whatever. And in the moment, it feels like I want this, but and my brain's like giving me all the good, like the dopamine and all of it. It's like, yes, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, here, yeah. you're feeding it. And then after I feel worse, right? Always. And so I ask myself, <laughs> is is the thing that I'm actually considering doing going to make yeah. me more of who I want to be? I like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely. Or does it take like- me further away from the version of myself that I want to be? Because both are tempting, right? Like it's like, I get that this this is attractive in the moment, but am I going to regret it later. And I say, if, if the pursuit of pleasure today requires me to suffer tomorrow, then it's not really true pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly that. And then, and then to like, to add on to that, like, I always ask myself like, well, you've done that enough. Like you've done that thing so many times, you know what it's like to do that, you know, fill in the blank thing. What is it like to not do that thing and do a different thing? 
And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So, you know, to hang out with friends, I'll be like, yo, you guys want to go to a yoga class or you want to go to the mm-hmm. sauna? Like, want to go do some self care stuff and hang and have deep conversations instead of let's go to the club. Like, I've done that. <laughs> I know what that's like. I'm know? literally living that right now because I've moved to yeah. Vegas over the summer and obviously there's so much to be tempted by here in Vegas. There's Mm -hmm. so much you can get into. And I've dabbled and I've explored different aspects of myself and different parts of myself. And I've liberated a lot of parts of me that were so serious and tense and didn't feel like it could play or come out and like be expressive in certain ways, which has been beautiful. But I find myself craving a deeper like deeper connections, deeper community. And I know they're available here. It's not like, oh, I have to go to Mm -hmm. Austin or I have to go to Bali just to find that. Like I know that I'm the creator of my experience. And if I want to create that, I can create it here. I can have it here. I can have heaven on earth right in this moment. So, but what does that require for me to do differently? And I know that there's something on your Instagram. I I was reading about this and you were talking about protecting your social energy and like what you say yes to and what you say no to and how to know if the people in your life are really adding value. I think one of the things you said, I I needed to choose where I spent my energy, the people pleasing, gregarious extroversion, addicted to validation needed to be handled. I needed to be able to discern who I spent my time with while not being called a snob, elitist, or running a cool kids club. So what are you saying yes to and what are you saying no to? Can you speak to that a little bit and how you I love that. Yeah, reconcile yeah, yeah. what you where you choose to put your energy? It's funny. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. I feel like especially a bunch of us listening are probably in a leadership position somewhere. And, you know, they want to also then be led in other places. And in in like my family's faith and the Sikh faith. Punjabi people, they're big students, students of life. That's what we really want to always be is learning and learning and learning. But they say another adage, yeah, and many times in life, you'll be a student and teacher. You'll be both, you know, you'll be mm-hmm. both many times over. And so there's roles where I have people that may not, might not be, I'm not going to learn much for, they might be employees of mine, but I'm able to guide and help them. And that enriches my life because I'm able to learn how to be a better teacher. I'm learning how to be a better mentor. And I'm like, okay, there's people that I'm able to put energy into. Great. I'm down. I, I, I want to be that role to help. But then also I need to fill my cup up too. So I need mm-hmm. to build those friendships that people are down just to go to yoga and hang with me, right. or they're down to go and have a deep convo. And they're like, they want to do the things I want to do. And yeah. when you're saying that, like, we want to be our environment, be a product of us rather than us be a product of our environment. And I was deeply that back in the drug game. And now I'm coming back now. And I planted my flag of, okay, I want to be an agent of love and positivity and do cool things that I like doing. I want to do what I like doing. Mm-hmm. And so I have businesses of stuff that I like doing, and I'm going to go do what I like doing. And then I'll just see who's going to come with me. Right. Like if you build it, they will come. We got to be the ones that build it. We got to be the ones that are like, I'm going to go do the polar bear swim on New Year's Day. Who's down? Right. And then the people who are down, okay, they're in my tribe. People who yeah. say yes to me, okay, I'll bring them around. I'm down. I, I want to hang with people who have the same interests as me. And then the people that are friction that are like, no, let's go get lit and we'll sleep until two. I'm like, nah, you go ahead though. Have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I, I, and no, no judgment to it. I did it great and even like this friday there's a couple friends from out of town i haven't seen in seven eight years i'm excited to go have a drink with them yeah but even that for me is like i like to have two drinks because i know if i have three i won't meditate very deeply like Mm -hmm. it'll be it'll it'll be like climbing up a well with slippery walls like it's Mm -hmm. you don't have the traction and so i'm like okay 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 two but those two drinks are gonna be good drinks i'll get the top shelf stuff i'm gonna get like you know (laughs) a couple good whiskeys exactly enjoy it you know but i'm not gonna have 12 (laughs) i'm just like that's not that's not it for me anymore Mm -hmm. speaking into that like we need to have people around us that enrich us uh we need to have people that inspire us that provide value in our lives and i always like to make those reciprocal relationships so when i hang out with my buddies that i'm like oh they amaze me i also ask how can i serve like how can i help them What, what what do they need so i'm also providing value in their lives so there's a reciprocal relationship in some way shape or form even my friends who aren't like world-class coaches they're just like normal people uh they're amazing in their normalness and they make me laugh and they love yeah. me and they've been with me forever and i'm like, okay like i'll i love to spend time with them it's reciprocal right because they they support me energetically in some way or shape or form and i'm there for them at the drop of a hat that yeah. is value of mm-hmm. course but who are we growing with 
right. you know, that's, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I've been feeling personally, like I've been doing a lot of online coaching for the last like three and a half years and had a lot of success, but I really feel called to build an in-person community instead of mm-hmm. trying to like go find it and move to it. And da, da, da. it's like create it where you are. And what you were yeah. saying is create the container and invite people and in who shows up as like your people, your tribe. Yeah, I'm, yeah, a, yeah. I'm a breathwork facilitator. And every time I, I talk about breathwork and I talk about it, it's like it's transformation in my life and how I use it. People are always interested. And I've been like playing, dabbling, like, like playing with the idea of I'm going to just create a space where people can come and, and journey together and, and c- gather for some other reason than festivals and sporting events. Like we don't gather for, and if we do, it's for like, we're petitioning or revolting or like standing up against something instead of for something. And I crave like connection where when you walk in the room, someone knows your name and like wants to give you a real hug and is there doing, like you were saying, like these people have reciprocated this energy and they, they give to you and, and, you also receive from them. And it's like that, that reciprocal exchange. And it's also scary to create that space because it's like, who is that going to require me to be, to show up as, right? Oh, Who do I I have to become to create that space and to be consistently showing up in that space? And that requires me to go to another level of, personal responsibility, accountability, of integrity, right? Of doing what I say I'm going to do, of not flaking out, not being like, oh, last minute, let's cancel for because this other thing came up. It's like, it also requires me to, to have to grow and expand. And I think that's why a lot of us, we shy away from those, like creating those spaces or doing the thing because it's going to require us to change as a byproduct if we really want to have the thing that we've never had before. I, I think I, I love that. And I think it's such an important process for us to take on being our own community leaders or just doing a thing. Like think about everybody, if you had your first job and what that taught you, it's like, don't be late, show up on, show up, you know, do the things, you know, don't swear at customers, try not to steal or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Like bare minimum. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, don't be high. I was like, well, really? But no, really, it was it was it was funny that it molds you to who you are. People who join the army, I mean, it's like right. it makes you who you are. There's responsibility to this. There's there's structure. Martial arts did it for me, and I knew when I get into the dojo, I have to bow. When I say yes, sir, to my senseis, I would you know I, I'd hold myself in in accord. I became a teacher there. I taught kickboxing for a long time, and that required me to be somebody that I wasn't outside of that. And it then made me somebody better outside of that. Right. And so a little example is when I moved back to Vancouver, I wasn't planning on it. I just came from my cousin's wedding and all this amazing stuff started happening. It's like the city sucked me back in. So the signs were very clear. And I had read this book, uh, Synchro Destiny by Deepak Chopra. That book is Ooh. dope, by the way. Oh okay. my God. That's like, I think it's, it's his best work, I think by far. I yeah, I love Deepak. So. Yeah, that's his best. I think it's his best book. It, when you read it, mystical shit starts happening and you're like, yeah, I'm in alignment with the universe now. Okay. Dope. And nice. it, I listen to it because Uncle Deepak chimes in your voice. And he's like, synchro destiny, da, da, da. And you're like, yes. <laughs> you know, uh, There is no coincidence. It is coincidence. It is a mathematical term. And I'm like, hey, by the way, I can make that accent. I'm Indian. So <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so the... The, the whole thing was really amazing to come back. And I opened up another tattoo shop called Lotus House. It's a barber and salon we're renovating right now on Commercial Drive. It's called The Drive in Vancouver. It's like a trendy, cool East Vancouver neighborhood. It's like, it's a vibe, mm-hmm. but it's also its own little its own little epicenter. And there's lots of businesses on the street and they have their own little community. But I was like, how do I get involved? Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be a part of this community. I want to do something. I want to have a business that, creates community connection. I want us to be about positivity. I want us to be about making Vancouver a friendlier place where people come together for good things. I want it to be not like a death metal tattoo shop or some biker stuff. Like I want it to be positive. I want it to be promoting art and connection. And those are my values of this. It's just an extension of me. So you building your space is just an extension of what you want to do anyways. If you build it, they will come. So we created our strong branding around those values. Our taglines are like, do some good, rep your hood, or Mm. East Van's kindest tattoo shop. 
And I'm like, yeah, that's a vibe. That makes yeah. me feel good and proud to own this business. Okay. Awesome. And I started h- hiring staff. We made our branding first. So it was our flag. And you plant the flag, then people who like that flag will come. So there was people coming in that are, you know, applying to work with us that are cool. But also I made it clear to the universe, Deepak coming through. I made it clear. This is the guy that I'm going to be. I'm going to be this person that builds community in Vancouver and stands up for a positive space here for everybody. That's what I want to be. So then I noticed all these amazing synchronistic things started happening where like the neighbor at my parents' house that lived in the basement suite that rented it was a tattoo artist just starting out and she turned out to be a hidden gem. I could develop her into an epic artist. She's so talented. Amazing, right? Okay, great. That came through. All these other, we found the perfect location. That came through. Our landlords turned out to be cool. That came through. All these amazing things. So I started making friends then with a bunch of the other business owners on the street. And just going in and saying hi, eating at the restaurant, supporting them, meeting the managers, meeting the the owners, getting their phone numbers. Mm -hmm. And I made a WhatsApp chat group with a bunch of the business owners in my area to help support each other. Like, yo, I got a good plumber or, hey, do you guys need a graphic designer or whatever? And we just help each other, you know? And so like one of them would be like, watch out, this crackhead is running around stealing stuff. We'd be like, fuck that guy. You know, like (laughs) we all like, we were really aware, right? Yeah. Like, you know, for instance, we're, so I started building community and making a net and Mm -hmm. all of them in the business uh, group were like, thank you for making this. Like no one did it. And we all want to connect, but no one was the conduit. No one was the connector. No one actually made it happen. Mm -hmm. So people want to do some good things. They want to jam, but how are they going to actually do it? We got to be the ones to do it. And there's a value in being the platform, in being the person who starts the initiator. And that does does make us rise to being that person where it's like, okay, the cute staff who thinks I'm cute, I'm going to be a great mentor instead of some sleazy douche. I'm going to be a, a bro- big brother. So what I do right away is I say, I appreciate that sister. I, I'm going to like definitely care for you like a big bro. You have a big brother now. And so if you ever need anything, you ever go through anything, you holler at me, I got your back. And then I saw her soften and she was just mm-hmm. like, whoa, that's, that's way more valuable than, mm-hmm. you know, whatever chaotic shit that would be underlying that was possible. This sure. is a higher frequency. 100%. And operating at that higher frequency to build community around this business is starting to take traction. It's exciting seeing it happen. It's exciting seeing people come together for in support mm-hmm. of something that's in alignment to the universe, which is creation, connection, compassion, inspiration. Those are upward spiral, upward current. And if it's jealousy and and chaos and flakiness and you know self-sabotage and all those things, downward current, downward right. spiral. So let's pick the upward spiral. Let's Mm -hmm. do the things that are going to be uplifting people. But that also means our personal level of responsibility and and discipline. You know, I got to drive the boat. I got to drive the ship. The days I don't feel like it, who else is going to do it? You got to do it. And that helps mold us, right? Well, yeah, it does. And the thing that just like came into my mind is when we don't have something that we're, when we're not in the creative process, when we're not building something, when we're not invested in a, a future that inspires us to get out of bed every morning, it's so much easier to, to be like, eh, I'm not going to do it. Oh, I'm oh, not going to take that sure. step. It's like, no, I have something that's worth saying no to this thing for, right? Yeah. It's worth like not engaging in the same behaviors and the same things I've always done because I have this vision of the future that I'm, I'm pursuing and I'm building. And it's worth the momentary discomfort of not having this temporary pleasure or this temporary, you know, validation or whatever it might be. And the thing that, that also comes to mind is when you were talking about leadership and you were talking about taking the initiative, starting that group, going in and building those connections, eating at, at the restaurants and getting people's phone numbers, just taking that small step, you guys, those of you that are listening, it doesn't have to be these massive macro, big, grandiose gestures, you know, in life that make the biggest impact. It can be something as small as like getting a small group of people together or like making, you know, letting somebody know that you're in the community that you care, you want to support them. And ultimately that's what a leader is. A leader goes first. Yeah, exactly. Leaders go first. Exactly. I, I got a little mini funny story around that. And so, you know, I had just, I just went to the bank and set up like a business account. Now like I have to start all that over again. Right. I've been gone for so long. And I was walking down the street and I just had this like intuition to go into this one shop because it was, it was getting into fall time. It's around September and it's getting, it's going to get cold. And I was like, oh, I could use like a nice 
like a nice blazer. I got to buy a whole new wardrobe. Now I had Bali clothes. Now I have to be like ball time, you know, Canada clothes. Mm-hmm. Okay. This place called Angelo Taylor is on commercial drive. And uh, I was like, I'll check it out. It looks cool. It's a small little shop. I go to open the door. The door's locked. I'm like, Oh, I guess not. But this old man inside comes out and opens the door and he goes, can I help you? I'm like, Oh, are you open? I just want to check it out. He's like, not really, but you can come in. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I walk in, he's an older Italian gentleman. I start looking at his stuff. He makes like high end Italian, like fine, fine cloth, right? You know, coats are three grand. I'm like, Oh, okay. This is that kind of place. Baller, mm-hmm. Cool. I'm just looking around and I start talking to him just like, yeah, he's been there for a long time. He's my dad's age. Exactly. He went to high school in East Van, just in that area. This is his area. He's yeah. very clear. Like that's his place. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. I'm opening up a tattoo shop down the street. You know, I'm just meeting other business owners. He's like, Oh, that's great. I run protection for the whole area. And I was like, did I just walk into extortion? Like, mm-hmm. what kind of fucking luck is that? Did I just walk into being extorted by like the Italian mafia? Are you serious? And I look at the oh exit, like, the, doors, the doors locked and I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> and then he oh goes, oh my God. Yeah. The mayor pays me and I actually run the local business association. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's a connect. It was such a funny moment that it went from like, how do I get out of here to like, Oh sweet. And so we started connecting and he's like, he became like a little bit of a mentor figure to me, like uncle, you know, he's so cool. I can bring him a coffee, you know, Mm -hmm. once or twice a week, I'll just go and say what's up and like ask him how he's doing and learn about the area. And what I said to him was, is like, yeah, I grew up not far from here, but I'm not from this exact neighborhood. I'm from East Van, but not this exact neighborhood. And I'm opening a business here and I just, I love this area and I want to serve in this community. And like, how can I help, you know, like, what can I do? And he's like, well, I just love how hungry you are and you have the right ideals. You should join the business association. I'll vote you in. You can be on the council. We need young blood that have the same ideals. And I'm like, yeah. And it was funny because like when I asked him what the protection thing meant, he's like, well, we just make sure like crackheads don't take a shit in front of your business. I'm like, I don't want nobody taking a shit in front of my business. I'm with you. (laughs) Yeah. We share the same ideals. (laughs) And we had a good laugh. Like we had a good laugh. And so, but then that thing was, is like, I saw him as someone I wanted to connect with. So I came and asked, how can I help? And then I followed up like once a week, I'd bring him a coffee and just be like, Uncle Enzo, his name's Enzo Papa. How are you doing? What's going on? Like, how are you? And he appreciates that because I'm like just some like young guy coming and hanging. And he appreciates that respect and care. And then he opened and offered me a spot on the business owners association. And I was like, cool. Like that's, that's awesome. I want to be like a, what if I became a city councilor one day, I'd be like the most tattooed city councilor possible. Hey, that would be amazing. (laughs) Well, one of my mentors and an amazing leader, uh, David Meltzer, he always, always says, be more interested than interesting. Yes. Interesting. And I, and I love that. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're doing. It's like, just, I want to get to know you. Like, I'm not here to get something from you. I'm just here to explore. I'm here to like, connect and like you come oftentimes you guys too when we it's it's the law of reciprocity when you give something to someone they want to give you something in return even a small exactly what it was you know what i mean it's and it's and and you don't manipulate it it's not like i'm giving you this so you'll give me something back it's just saying like genuinely i want to know you like i want to to connect with you um i want to support you in any way i can and here's just a little expression of that. And I promise you, if you go out into the world looking for opportunities, looking for ways that you can bless someone or make someone's day better, that is naturally going to be coming towards you in ways that you like can't even like explain or carry them all. They're just like all these blessings and synchronicities are going to be happening. So I like, I encourage people to take that on as like a little challenge of like, if you show up with the one intention of how can I go out and make someone's day better? Like, and look for those opportunities, you're, you will raise your vibration instantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really helps. And being the connector, like being the leader, being the one first is such big value and it raises your social capital. And mm. so then you become somebody that people want to know because yep. you know people, and then you have a good reputation amongst many people. So, so right. there was like people joking around about Bali and they, like a couple of my friends were like, Oh, you're like the godfather of Bali or like the mayor of like mm. amongst the expats. And I'm like, ah, that's cute. Like, I, I wouldn't call myself that, but I think that's adorable. And uh, my ego loves it, but like, I wouldn't go around saying that. But it was because I'd help anybody who asked me, like, if they needed a connect for like a lawyer or they needed a connection for a visa agent or whatever it was. Like, yeah, I, I, 
I'm good at knowing people. That's what I like doing. That's my only skill. I don't tattoo. I don't teach yoga for a living. I don't, you know, know how to edit or film or anything, but I have businesses in all those areas because those are things I like doing, but I'm too good at knowing the people who know the things. And then us in leadership positions help them. CEOs are meant to serve. That's what we do is we just find ways to help and serve people, uh, not, not domineer. We can dominate, but not domineer. And I'm like, okay, that's 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 cool for me. I like that. I'm not a good manager, anyways. <laughs> like I'm, I'm Same. like the fun uncle. You know, I rock through and be like, "What's up, guys? How we doing? Here's some yeah. ideas. Okay, cool. I'll see you next week. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I need to hire good managers. I know what I don't have. I know what I need. You know, and I need people who are going to be that anal, like on it. Like yeah. really Detailed. that strict structure people yeah. i love them i'm like you're good i'm keeping you close let's yeah. be partners <laughs> you know right. those are the people i love in my life mm-hmm. no yeah, i love that like so much of your success i can see why you've been able to build seven businesses seven years i mean you're utilizing these spiritual practices in your business and day-to-day life to amplify and accelerate your growth and your success and your abundance and it's it's just it's so refreshing to talk to somebody like you and hear the also like just the honesty <laughs> the honesty and like and you're you're also just one of us like doing life figuring it out experiencing the good I'm the bad the dude. contrast <laughs> yeah i love what you said you're like i'm weirder than i what was it like i weird i'm weirder than i look or something and i think i'm way weirder than i appear on instagram like i'm more ridiculous in person by far instagram is like the somewhat you know politically correct version of me but like i'm a weird guy <laughs> and, and i pride myself in being i just actually i, I wrote a post like a, a while ago and it was advocating being weird when you first meet someone because like yeah be strange to see who vibes with you like i have my head tattooed and yeah. and i'm very kind i love meeting people but i also will say funny stuff that i find hilarious and then i just mm-hmm. see it's a barometer like where are they at yeah can you roll can right. you hang you know, are you easily and offended so, or are you, yeah, are yeah, you open or yeah, do you, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get they that. run away. And if they run away, I'm like, cool, that's okay. Like, go play there. That's fine. I'll play here with people who like, like to make dark, sadistic humor. I love that. Exactly. So yeah. And, I'm the same way. I'm like the people yeah, that don't exactly. understand when I'm like, like my whole idea around holy shit. And cause I come from a, a small town in Alabama, Bible Belt, conservative. Oh, yeah. So I have like rock the vote when and I'm like trying to make this correlation between holiness and shit <laughs> and yeah, this shit yeah. that we go through. And they're like, oh God, how could you ever do that? And I'm like, oh, you aren't the people that I'm speaking to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if, you, if you don't get it, then it's not for you. you know? I love this. <laughs> and, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot, you know, and I was the black sheep of my family for a long time. Like, of really? course, I mean, I was a drug yeah. dealer. I put my family through a lot in the sense that like, you know, I didn't exactly make them proud. I didn't become a doctor. I was more of a recreational pharmaceuticals. Uh, <laughs> <rap>. <laughs> you know, trafficker. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't, it, you know, it, it wasn't cool. And, you know, a lot of my family had judgment more on my dad's side. And of course they did. But for a while, I held that against them. Where mm-hmm. I was like, fuck mm-hmm. you guys for judging me. Like, whatever. Because you don't accept You guys me, are a yeah. bunch of, you're a bunch of squares. And then my mom's side loved me no matter what. Obviously, they weren't stoked on it. But also in the Indian culture, and I think in a lot of cultures, they kind of sweep it under the rug so they just kind of like he's on his journey you know mm-hmm. whatever i think he mm-hmm. i think he has a job or something you know and it was like okay and then i went through my journey my path my my transformation and i was like forgive everyone for all of their you know and say sorry i had to apologize yo like i put you I had to apologize to my dad hey my lifestyle choices didn't make you proud and i blamed you a lot for you know the judgment or just just like not being a loving and open and kind dad but really like you're going through your shit at your age and where you were at and i i rebelled irresponsibly and i'm sorry and we were able to actually like deepen our connection and forgiveness was laid and then now i'm at a point where i know i'm a good boy like i don't i don't need my uncles and aunties validation like my life is big and i love it and i do things that serve people and i validate myself and i'm able to help a lot of people and that makes me very happy they might not see it because i'm still that guy to them like i feel like on my dad's side i'm still that guy to them they don't really see the impact or it's hard for them to shift how they see you because that would change how they are to themselves so they just want to stay the same and stay the way they see you in that way and you might like 
you might be able to resonate with that. Like yeah. in the Bible Belt, they, they just want to be them because that's how they know how to be them. Right. And when we shift, it challenges them, their perspective of us that sh- sh- shakes them to their core and they're not mm-hmm. ready for that. And in that sense, I had to just make myself proud of me. And I know you're doing a great job of that too, where we just got to be us to the fullest. And I know if like, if you guys are listening to this, like you, you feel that same way. You just got to be you and be proud of you. They'll, they'll come, they'll, they'll come around. And if they don't, it's all good. Cause you just have to have that relationship to your heart and your soul and the inner you and the higher self. That's what matters. If they come along dope, if they don't, it's all good. You can't force it and don't bend yourself for for ple- people pleasing other people where they might never come around. They might just want to stay in their bitter, judgy side forever. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. Let it go. Keep on swimming. Do the Finding Nemo thing. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's so, so, so true. It's like letting go of the need for certain people to see you a certain way. It's so freeing. Yeah. It's just saying like, yeah. I am okay with me and my life choices and how I've chosen to reconcile the things I've done in my past and there's redemption and all of that for like, I, it, my approval is the one that I need. And if I have that, then that's enough. Like, can that be enough yeah. for you? And I, when it is, it's, yeah. it's very liberating. Absolutely. And I feel like that you've gone through your dark night of the soul. And I bet a bunch of you guys listening, like you've been through it. Like you've had a colorful life. There's been, you know, falls from grace. There's been dark nights of the soul, but isn't that way more fun than if we were like Ned Flanders our whole life, you know, like if we were just like boring and we didn't fuck up and we didn't go through it like that sucks to me i'd rather have had a colorful horrible crazy wonderful all the spectrum Mm -hmm. of living and and then the wisdom that comes from that is because you bounced uh you know you you dipped and you bounced and you made it that's a way more interesting path in my opinion than just like steady okay got out of high school went to college became a doctor or like you know got an office job and yeah nothing no knocking anybody who did that like hey that's great i applaud you for being able to go to school but it wasn't it wasn't easy for me and right then coming to a place of launching businesses and being proud and still making it against those odds of not conforming i think we got to give ourselves more credit to all the black sheep out there like we can flock together and and that's what i love about like okay if you're going to build the breathwork space like i did it with my tattoo shop i welcome the black sheep let's make a flock let's Mm -hmm. let's let's stick together we're the ones who go against the grain Uh, you know let's do that together and that's our tribe Mm -hmm. i think that's a that's a fun thing to play with for sure Mm -hmm. i love that yeah because as much as you might think you're the outcast or on the outside or that you don't you know, fit in or you didn't follow the rules or what was expected of you. There's a path for you. There's a place for you. Like you do belong. And I think we all kind of find that in different ways. And, but I love that you're creating spaces like that for people. And that's kind of what I, yeah, the mission and the journey that I'm on too. And I know that that's one of the reasons I resonated with you and your work. So immediately I was like, he's, he's like my people. So I just want yeah, to say I thank you. The same way. Yeah, thank My you pleasure. for sharing your story, your wisdom. I mean, I could go on and on with you, and we could get into so many other topics. Hours. I'm sure, but we won't. Yeah. We'll just have to have you back on the show anytime, my friend. Let's do it. Yeah, ha- stay warm in Vancouver. I know it is bitter cold, but it's uh, negative eleven. <laughs> yeah, I know That's shoveling Celsius. snow out there. Yeah, us yeah. in us in Vegas, we're not we're not experiencing that. So if you ever need a little <laughs> warm up, you can always come visit in Vegas. I'll come come hang out. Yeah. Absolutely. No, All that's right. Cool. Well, thank you, and, Aaron. Uh, just, yeah, please. Just to everybody listening, I mean. I think the internet, that's how you and I connected. And I love that is like the internet brings people together. And if you resonate with someone that's your tribe, like either of us, like shoot us a message. Like I love talking to people and I love when people like vibe with what I put out and that we build those connections and it's important for us to find our tribe. So if you resonate with us, message us, like we're personable. I I love connecting and and helping and jamming and just it's, it's important for us to stick together like the like black sheep we got to stick together so find your people reach out to them be the first to say hi be the yeah. first to shout out and be like yo I, I vibe with what you said and 
see what doors that opens up between that connection and other places in your life because you're going against the the fear of what if they don't say it or I don't know if I want a message or whatever it is do the hard things and be first I think that's just a beautiful thing for people to lead with is be the connector be the initiator be the one that opens their heart opens their doors open their arms and 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 connect and love yeah you know do the things yeah, it's such a beautiful message. Well, how can people can how can people connect with you online and learn more about what you're doing? Where do you hang out and where can they find you? I feel like Instagram's like my easiest one. Ink pray love, ink underscore pray underscore love is like the the easiest one where I'm like, yeah, that's my jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, my website www.arambaya.com. You can see a bit more about me and what I do and all the businesses and the things. And yeah, I'm happy to offer coaching for anybody that wants to shift and transform their lives and then start a business. Like that's what I really enjoy helping people with because that's the process I've done seven and seven years that we can just make a system and a practice for using your transferable skills, like what you've been through and where the value is in that. Like I went from drug dealer to business person to from yogi, you know, like it was a weird, weird path, but there's gold in that. And everybody has that. Everybody's been through their shit. And now let's use it for manure, grow some mangoes. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Use it as fertilizer. That's so true. Yes. Yeah, so true. Well, you guys, we will put all that information in the show notes so you can connect with Aaron and follow him, send him a message. And you know, you know, we love here at the Coachable Podcast when you let us know what you got from these episodes. So you can always leave us a rating and review on Spotify or Apple. If you do so and you send us a screenshot of it to support at ToriGarden.com, we will give you access to our free Find Your Purpose workshop. This is not a free program typically but we will give it to you if you leave rating or review or just tag us on instagram ink underscore pray underscore love i'm the tori gordon and it's the coachable podcast we love you guys thank you so much for being here we'll see you next week on the coachable podcast When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.